This week on Soothing Sunday Part 40, we are going to be diving into Genesis once again. It's what I would say if we were going to Genesis and we weren't on Exodus chapters 1 and 2. <laughs> you know, okay. Um, so I've got a little intro I'm going to play and uh, hopefully this works. Oh. Well, apparently I have to read it because it's not doing... Oh, I can let voiceover read it. Hang on. Okay, never mind. I'll read it. The books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers continue the story of how God turned the nation of Israel to play a special role in his plans for the whole world. When the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, God came to them and worked powerfully through Moses to deliver them. At Mount Sinai, God revealed his laws to Moses, including the Ten Commandments, and confirmed his and confirmed his convenient uh, convenient, hello, and confirmed his covenant with the young nation. Israel built a tabernacle or tent of meeting so that God could live among them. The people then traveled through the wilderness to the land of Canaan. The boundaries between the books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers are not sharply drawn. The key structure throughout the books relates to the various places the Israelites stopped on their journey. Each location is noted, and the events at each one are described. The key location is Mount Sinai. The second half of Exodus, all of Leviticus, and the beginning of Numbers describe what took place there. Leviticus specifically contains the laws and regulations the Lord gave to Israel. Numbers reports how the people were organized into a fighting force and moved toward the promised land. Numbers reaches back across Leviticus and Exodus and repeats the phrase that structures Genesis. This is the account of the family of Aaron and Moses. Numbers chapter 3 verse 1. Appropriately, we hear this phrase for the twelfth time as the twelfth tribe, twelve tribes are being organized into a nation. Near the end of Numbers, the prophet Balaam, I think, or Balaam, depending on how you say it, B-A-L-A-A-M, says to Israel, May those who bless you be blessed, and those who curse you be cursed. This recalls God's promise to Abraham in Genesis, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. These references show that together, these books tell a single story of the beginning of God's redemptive work in the world. And with that being said, let's get into the episode. Or should I say, and with that being read, talk to y'all soon.
Okay, so now I'm going to play the first chapter of Exodus, and I hope this works. The Book of Exodus, Chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan and Naphtali, Gad and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered seventy in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous, and if war breaks out, will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar, and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile. But let every girl live. Exodus 2 Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. 
So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Ruel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man, who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. That was two short chapters, wasn't it, guys? Well, first we come into how we come to find out that the Israelites are still in Egypt. Because you remember when Joseph died, they were all still there. They didn't go anywhere. At least what we heard, they didn't go anywhere. So they're still in Egypt. And because the old Pharaoh died, he knew Joseph, this new Pharaoh doesn't know anything about him. And he's kind of, well, not kind of, he is jealous of the Israelites and a little scared that their numbers are enlarging. Uh, they're multiplying, they're having more babies by the minute, which is really bad for, like, when they outnumber the Egyptians. So I guess in some ways I can understand where he's coming from. But since he was scared, he obviously became irrational and said, okay, I'm going to just kill off a few Israelites here and there. I mean, no harm done. I'm just going to pick them, pick them off, pick a few of them off. So he Asked the midwives to kill every baby boy that was Hebrew that was born to them. Or born because of them. 
you know, they help. And you know what I mean. (laughs) But they asked to kill every... Asked the midwives... Pharaoh asked the midwives to kill every baby, Hebrew baby boy born. Goodness, try to say that five times fast. But the midwives feared God. So... They didn't do it. And Pharaoh asked them why not. And they made up a lie and basically said, well, they have babies so quickly, they had them before we got there. So, you know, that was the first kindness we've seen. And that was pretty much all that happened in the first chapter. Now, moving on to chapter two, we talk about the birth of Moses and Moses is one of my favorite Bible characters just because I've heard his story so many times and I've just been fascinated by how this one person can lead the Israelites for so long. But of course, I never doubted because with God's help, you can do anything. At least that's my belief. So anyway, the birth of Moses starts out like this. A Hebrew man, an Israelite, one of the Israelites marries a Levite, which... You know. So a Levite man marries a Levite woman. And they have a baby. Well, they have two children, actually. One is the sister. She's older. Three children I thought they had. But we haven't heard about Aaron yet. So, they have the sister, who's a little bit older, and then Moses. And, of course, Moses is a Hebrew boy. So, the mom hides Moses for three months and then puts him in a basket a wicker basket or whatever and sends him off down the river which the last thing I bet she wanted to do as a mother was send her child away especially in a place where he could drown but she had enough faith in God to know that he would be okay and God would guide his path And, of course, God did guide his path. His daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, sees the child and immediately falls in love with him and takes him as her son after the mom nurses him back to health. Moses' actual mom. And that's when she names him Moses. Pharaoh's daughter names him Moses because she drew him out of the water. And some other things I'd like to point out about Moses is he killed an Egyptian because he was beating a Hebrew. And I guess at this point, Moses knows that he is Hebrew. But I'm not really sure on that. But anyway... Then, somehow, everybody, including Pharaoh, finds out that he killed an Egyptian for beating a Hebrew. And Pharaoh tries to kill him, but Moses runs away. 
And so he's already starting to show some of his good deeds and the fact that he isn't afraid of Pharaoh. So next time we will dive into more about Moses and his brother Aaron. And of course, there is also a happy ending for Moses. He did get married to Zipporah. Um, because the man, her father gave her to him marriage because he saved the girls or whatever from some Egyptian. So anyway, that's where we'll leave this episode. I know it was kind of short, but I will always come back and close. So talk to you then. And now it's time for closing. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know I say this every episode, but if I don't, would you really think I meant it? I would appreciate a review. Um, I am on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio. I believe I'm on iHeartRadio. I'm not sure. I have to check. Um, and I will let you know in future episodes what platforms I'm on so you know where to go. But just search Real Talk in the Life of Brit and leave me a review wherever you listen and wherever you can find me. And I would really appreciate it. Anything nice you have to say, anything not so nice you have to say, as long as it's constructive, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I care, just not like that. Anyway... Thank you all so much for listening. And with that being said, I will close in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us all to get together again. Please bless those who are listening, those who are not listening. Please help the world get better as times are tough these days for everyone, I'm sure. Thank you so much for all you have done, all you will do in the future and thank you for guiding me on the right path on the path that you choose for me please help me to teach others as you teach me every day in Jesus name I thank you and I pray amen thank you all so much and I'll talk to you next time bye